0: Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Black Hawk, South Dakota is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins all for you from Jesus.
1: The Old Testament reading. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to look in your insert where we'll do the catechetical review. Third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The gracious will of God is done. How is God's will done? the seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer. What What does this mean? and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks
0: be to God. Please stand as we sing the gospel. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she strengthened the house of, and she entered the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, and from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months, and returned to her home. This is the Gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you again that you have given us the ability to rejoice in all things through the hope and the promise that you are with us always. Bless us now in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, you might think it odd, here we are right at the 4th of July, and I've dropped us right back into Christmas. Mary and jesus and elizabeth and john we know that mary heard the angel and the angel said something to her that is humanly impossible mary you're going to give birth to a son even though you haven't been with a man if that isn't the great miracle the greater miracle is this this is god in the flesh coming to keep God's long promise to send a Savior to the world. Mary heard that, that she is going to be the mother of God. Well, the reason for this, there is actually a reason for this. If you do the math, if you go from December 25th back nine months, you're at March 25th. That's when the angel Gabriel came to her and Joseph and gave this great news. And if you go ahead three months, that's where we are now. Mary, in three months, three months after she was pregnant, traveling to go see Elizabeth, who's also pregnant, who's also heard and seen this mighty miracle. The child in her womb has been given the name John, and we know him as the baptizer. All these great things coming up, and Mary begins to travel to see Elizabeth, who is now six months pregnant. She stays for three months, more than likely, to be there for the birth, to give aid to this mother as she brings this child. Now the question for all of this is, why did Mary go see Elizabeth? What was the purpose to go? A lot of people say that that Mary was running away. She was three months pregnant. She was not married. She was beginning to show You can imagine what the Rumor Mills did in her small town and among the people around her. Scandal at every turn. Some say she was simply running away from that, trying to find some peace and to get away from all the problems. Well, as with most things in the Scripture, it doesn't just happen once. What's happening right here with Mary going to visit Elizabeth is already foreshadowed for us back in the Old Testament with King David. It's in 2 Samuel 6, and we see David taking the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Now remember, the Ark is the vessel that holds the Ten Commandments, Aaron's staff, and all of these things to remind us of God's promise. The Ark of the Covenant is the place where God's glory dwells, which is really code for everything that comes out of the Ark is Jesus. In the Ark of the Covenant, when it was there with Israel, after they'd been freed from slavery, Jesus was with his people. He led them by the pillar of cloud, wherever they should go. And at night, Jesus was their light, the pillar of light. All of that coming out of the Ark of the Covenant, right out of the center of the cover of the Ark that we know as the holy seat of God, the mercy seat The place where God's glory dwells. The place where Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus, dwells. David is taking the ark through the very same land to the very same places that Mary is going. David is taking the ark and the ark is going to be in the house of Obed-Edom. And there in Obed-Edom's house, they find great blessings because the ark is there. Mary is going to Elizabeth and to Zechariah's house. And they find great blessings too. Because she is there with them. John takes the ark, excuse me, David takes the ark and he goes to Obed-Edom's house. He stays for three months. Mary takes the ark. Actually, Mary is the ark. Carrying the inborn son of God into our world. And she goes and stays with Elizabeth for three months. When David takes the ark to Jerusalem, it is simply a picture of God's promise to his people. That he is with them. That they can see him physically and know that Jesus is there. And everywhere Jesus is, or everywhere God is, or everywhere that his Holy Spirit is, there is peace. And there are blessings. And there are promises. It's the same when Mary, the New Testament Ark, brings the presence of Jesus there to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Mary and Joseph's situation is difficult, no doubt. They know that God is working great things. They know that God is keeping absolutely every Old Testament promise of a Savior and a Messiah, and He's doing it right here, the Christ. The very sinless Son of God is growing in Mary's womb. They know all of this is going on, and yet, what do the people around them see? Scandal. They know that Mary's not married, and she's pregnant. They assume things about her, that she's sleeping around. They assume that Joseph must be just off in space somewhere, that he doesn't know what's going on here. And he isn't doing anything about it. But remember, wherever God is, wherever his son is, wherever his spirit is, he brings peace. And he brings promise. And he brings his blessings. This young, pregnant virgin shows us this very clearly. Right in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all the rumors, in the midst of everyone talking behind her back, in the midst of everything, Mary writes this, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. I would bet that Mary did not expect that her life was going to turn out this way somewhere in her teens. I expected she would have something else in mind. And yet, even in this quick change, even in this completely opposite situation, Mary says, my soul rejoices in the Lord. Mary rejoices even in the face of adversity because of the promise made to her. And those promises are more powerful than anything that the world can throw at her. Last week, as I was working on this text, I would ask people that I would visit with When's the last time you rejoiced? And do you know the majority of them said, I can't remember. When's the last time you rejoiced? I hope you can remember. We have a tendency to think that rejoicing is something that that happens at big events or big celebrations or milestones in our life. When we gather there at the baptismal font and we bring that child and God by his Holy Spirit gives that child faith and makes them his own, we rejoice in this new child in heaven. When that child has been gone through confirmation and they say, Yes, the things of the scripture are the things I believe and we rejoice. Or when God brings a man and a woman together at his altar and he makes them one flesh, we rejoice. It's easy to rejoice. We know to rejoice at those times. But is it possible to rejoice when you're in a situation like Mary? Is it possible to rejoice when life seems to take more than it gives? Is it possible to rejoice when your circumstances are uncertain and anxiety is great? Is it possible to rejoice when you're gathered here with your friends and family to bury the one that you love more than any? Yes, it is. Because rejoicing in God, my Savior, as Mary did, is not based on our outward circumstances. The Almighty God and Father has given us faith. He has claimed us as His own. And He has given us promises that carry us through every adversity, every hard time, every uncertainty in our world. He brings us His promises. And He gives us His His peace. And because of that, Even in the midst of terrible situations, we rejoice. It might not always look like the great celebrations at a wedding or a baptism, but inwardly we cling to the promises of God and we know that those promises are for you. And he keeps his promise. He keeps his word. And in that, even in challenging situations, we can and do rejoice. We can rejoice in God, my Savior, just like Mary because our situation is not a surprise to God. It's not a surprise to Him what we've done and what we struggle with. He can bring and does bring healing and restoration. Mary says, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For all practical purposes, Mary was a nobody She was not powerful. She was just a teenager. She was, however, in the family line of King David. That was enough. God promised that his Savior, our Savior, his son, would come through the family line of King David, and he used this unimpressive little girl, and he gave the Christ into our world in her womb. God chose this seemingly unimportant woman to be the mother of God, and that honor will never be given to another woman ever. Rejoice, dear saints, because God has not only chosen Mary to keep his promise of salvation, but he has chosen you as well. From the bondage of sin and certain death and separation, God has chosen you. He chose to to give you faith. And forgiveness in your baptism. He chose to adopt you into his family. He has clothed you in the holy majesty of his son. He has covered your sin that's scarlet with the white robes of Christ's righteousness. And now God calls you his holy son or his holy daughter. He has made eternal, unchangeable promises to you. And we can all rejoice in that. Remember, rejoicing in God your Savior is not conditioned by your circumstances. Past, present, or future. David writes this in Psalm 31. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul. You have not delivered me into the hand of my enemies. And you have set my feet in a broad place. God has seen David's affliction. He knows the distress in David's soul. And God knows your past as well. All of it. He knows the consequences that you still suffer because of your past. He knows the distrust that you have and your struggles to forgive. He knows your regret and your feelings of inadequacy. And he knows the temptations that you have. To fall back into that same sin over and over again. Dear saints, rejoice that God knows that. Because that's the very reason he sent Jesus into the world. To forgive you. And to give you peace. And to give you his promise that he is with you always even in the worst times of your life. Your present is firmly grounded in the unchangeable promises of God. You are baptized. You are a child of God adopted into his family with all the promises that every parent gives to their child. And these promises are holy and perfect. Your future is certain. Child of God. Forgiven by Christ. He promises to walk with you every single day of your life, no matter where you are or will be taken. And one day he promises that he will rescue you in a flash, in the blink of an eye. As death claims you, Christ claims you again and takes you home to rest with him. Rejoice in that. That our greatest enemy cannot hold you because of Christ. Wherever God is or his son or his spirit, there is peace And promise and blessing. Rejoice, dear child of God. You have been rescued by Jesus. This morning, we let Mary be our teacher about rejoicing. God being with us physically is not determined by our status. It's not determined by our talent or our perceived usefulness. God being with us is because he said he would be. By his word and his promise. Right there in the waters of baptism, he gives faith and salvation to all. Right here as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. By his own word and promise. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood. Given and shed for you. For the... Let's try again. For the... That's a promise from God to you. God was with Mary, physically, right there in the midst of her womb, and he is here with us as well, in his word, and in his promises, given for you. To borrow a line from St. Paul, rejoice, and again I say it, in God your Savior, because wherever God is, or his Son, or his Spirit, there is peace, and promise, and blessings. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.